I create a psychologically safe space so you can bravely learn. You don't have to beat people down to teach them something. Do you want your writing to teach and inspire? Are you looking for ways to expand the content you currently offer readers? It might be time to consider building a curriculum for your audience. Hi, I'm Clarissa Mall, and welcome to The Writerly Life, brought to you by Hope Writers, the most encouraging place on the internet for writers to make progress. Here at The Writerly Life, we help you expand your creativity, explore new techniques, and express your hope-filled words in a world that needs them. We'll help you learn to balance the art of writing with the business of publishing, and learn to hustle without losing heart. You have words, and your words matter. And as you write them, you can be you, boldly, bravely, maybe even a little scared sometimes. You can be you in your writing life. Welcome to the show, friends. Lean in, grab a pen, let's chat. Whether your day job is teaching or you're looking for new ways to reach your reader, building a curriculum might be a good next step in your writing life. Curriculum offers readers tangible, interactive ways to engage with your content, and often your teaching or courses can be monetized for additional income. However you choose to use your curriculum, your reader will benefit from your thoughtful organization, your solid research, and your hope-filled guidance. Our guest today, author and educator Dr. Lucretia Berry, tackles the tough subject of racial healing in the curriculum that she developed. Dr. Berry understands that teaching must be well-informed as well as winsome, and she seeks to do both as she draws learners into conversations about important topics relating to race. How does she design a curriculum that connects so deeply with readers? Lean in as Lucretia tells us more in this Hope Writers Tuesday teaching with host Emily P. Freeman. For my dissertation, for my doctorate, I actually wrote about, um, let's see, opportunities and challenges for like multicultural or anti-racism education and computer-mediated communication. So back then it wasn't called social media. Um, it was just like like this, like talking, you know, and connecting through the computer, but having access to people that you would not have access to locally and geographically. So I actually wrote about the stuff that I'm seeing. It's kind of crazy. So yeah, there's so there's great opportunities to connect, right? And to like-minded people, but there's also this thing that happens on social media where everybody's, it's like a, you know, truly democratic environment where everybody's voice is on the same level. So then people who who, um, maybe they just started a they just started noticing race and racism yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday, literally like woke up and like, oh, here's this thing on the news. I want to talk about that on social media very loudly. And so it drowns out, you know, the the people who are like, well, um, uh, the people who, who, who are immersed in, you know, the research and can be very helpful. So for me, I feel very fortunate again, to have um, connection to like the, the good academic stuff. And even, you know, personal stories are amazing, but they, they are even more powerful when they're framed within in the context of history, right? Mm-hmm. And so then coming, you know, out of academe, I, I'm, you know, wanting to then, you know, bridge people um, to the, the kind of learning that, it is required for us to really understand this. So how I shift into writing is really me writing down my teaching. So 
um, you know, I, I'm trying to support the learning process. So as an educator, like I know how people learn, you know, and I know how the brain needs to be re rewired and um, kind of what that takes. And like, I think most people don't know there's a thing like y'all educators, like they, it's, a, it's called pedagogy. Like it's a science. <laughs> it's like, Tell us. we're not just making this stuff up here. Here's some random questions. Like, no, it's all like, um, you know, researched and, and, and intentional and strategic um, to help people. So, um, so as, so initially I created like a, a pamphlet you know, like literally like here's a pamphlet or a little packet to go into my little, you know, church or whoever wants me to come teach. Uh -huh. um, and then um, more people were requesting. So I'm like, well, let me write it down. You know, like, let me write this stuff down. And that is really how I slid into into writing in that way. Like I've always kind of written poetry. I'll say that. But oh. writing in this way, like where I'm teaching through my writing um, came that way. Like, let me somehow express the pedagogy through my writing in a way that I'm going to use my father-in-law, for example, you know, he was saying, come here back to Iowa and teach this. And I'm like, no, we live here now, dad, you know, so I will write this down. <laughs> and then, you know, and then I, I talk about this where, you know, Brian Dixon did a summer challenge to self-publish, you know, and he explained the beauty of self-publishing. And so I'm like, and it all happened. And I said, okay, I'll just self-publish this because I just need the people in my little class to have this material, this, this journal, this guide, this guided instruction. And so then I self-published and um, to meet the challenge. And that's, that's kind of, that was this, that was that. Yeah. It was the, it wasn't the third edition. It was the first. Okay. And, um, this I, is the third edition. That's the third. Yeah. I I'm, see it. Third edition yes, right there. Yes, yes, Cause the okay. first one, <laughs> I ha had so many typos cause I literally was trying to make the <laughs> challenge <laughs> and I didn't know how to do like have an editor and a graph. I didn't know how to do you all that. Did it. Stuff. You got it I out there. I yeah. met the challenge. And then, um, and then just the next year, you know, I upgraded it as a teacher would do their syllabus or curriculum. And then I think the last time I upgraded was 2018. So it's due for another upgrade, but that's how I slid, like I call it, I get slid in sideways. Right. <laughs> well, I, so many things that you've said there, and I, I want to point out one place where I think a lot of our writers are, which is they're doing, they're doing some work. Like you were doing this work in your, you, as you said, your little classes, you know, you've got your people in front of you that you're serving, you're teaching. Um, but then you had someone far away, even though it was a father-in-law, someone far away who wanted access. And you're like, I'm not going to Iowa, but how can I make it possible to where the thing I'm doing here locally can also be accessible to the thing they're doing there. And I don't have to leave my house. Um, and I think that's what, that's the dream, right? Is that as writers, we'd be able to create some things that would, that would move beyond us, that would, mm -hmm. you know, that we can leave behind. And, and yeah. so I love that. Again, we talk about this in hope writers, which I'm sure, you know, but, um, it's not it's not that we look to the world and say, what kind of book can I write? It's that we're looking at the work that we're called to. Right. And then we say, what does the work require for me right yes. now? And yes. you didn't write this a second sooner than you needed it. But right. and I love the fact, by the way, P.S., that you did it and then you found typos and you're just like, 
we're just going to have a second edition. We're just going to make a third edition. There's no like, oh no, I've, you know, I've ruined it or a typo. Woe right. is me. And you're, you're like a legit teacher. So that should really bother you, but it didn't. <laughs> you just move forward. It did, but I just, <laughs> it was actually, um, this is funny y'all. The, one of the very first people to leave a review, wrote, that's what they wrote. So oh, many man. typos that this isn't credible. Um, but I'm whatever, like, I know, um, we could just get those typos fixed and keep Fix on them. going. So yep. we just keep going. And, and, you know, to today, my father-in-law teaches what lies between us all over Iowa. I think wow. he's taught it more than I have. No way. My, I know. I'm like, dude, what? He, cause he's a pastor and right. people trust him, you know? Yeah. And so they're like, come teach this here. Come teach this. He has the most incredible stories. And so he just wrote a book too about his journey and taking this class. And now, like, how about that? So your book, book has birthed other books. <laughs> now that's something right there. I love it. Yeah. There well, <laughs> speaking of creating this curriculum, we had, so we have other hope writers here. We don't have a ton of resources for like curriculum creation and hope writers, but we're about to get give some information for that right now. Cause I'm gonna ask Dr. Barry y'all okay. because we had mm -hmm. Tiffany who said, um, what are, and she actually, she wants, she's speaking to the teacher in you. She says, uh -oh. what are three things Ooh. that you would say, so this is one, two, three one, to two, someone two. who's in the early stages of developing a curriculum. Is there a particular tool you would prefer formatting in your curriculum? What platform are you using to host your membership site? So mm -hmm. she's asking like, you know, some mm -hmm. kind of nuts and bolts, or even if you have a mindset type of, you know, perspective for someone who wants to create a curriculum, but is maybe just getting started. Okay, great. So if this person, I don't know if you're, is she a teacher? I don't know. But I mean, just, I didn't worry about the formatting of it. Um, I just, you know, I pulled together and kind of curated the experience. So that's what I say. I like to, I love, and I am passionate about cultivating learning experiences. So that was, that's what drove, you know, how my curriculum was laid out yeah. and what, and um, the look, I didn't worry about so much. Um, you know, somebody helped me or somebody designed the cover. I'm like, I like simple, you know, just simple block or whatever. And then the editor, the graphic designer, is it right? Yes. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> and then they kind of pull the elements throughout the whole book. But I, you know, did kind of my pattern of, you know, I want this learning element, I want this journaling element, and a reflective, um, introspective element and a reaching forward element. So whatever, you know, I, and that's with anything like, what, what is the objective for my learner? And then I work, you know, backwards from there. And so, um, and then yeah, just just in last fall, um, I we launched or I launched, we launched a um, the online or membership. And um, we use um, our learning ma management system is Thinkific. And that was, you know, one of our volunteers just researched and said, you know, I think this one, but there's also Teachable and there's others. Um, yeah, that, there's lots know. of different ones. There's so lot, let's, yeah. so I'm going to, I'm going to, I think you said like five things. Okay. So oh, you, you came up with an objective for your learner and you had to, because as a teacher, that's, you got to know. Right. Um, and then you figured out what elements you wanted in your curriculum. So you right. said you had a, 
tell us again, your reflective sure. element. So we have, so like the actual educational content. So the instruction. Uh -huh. Instruction. And then we, I have a, um, like a reflecting, reflective one. I'll just leave it at that. Reflecting. Yes. Then a, like a um, call to action. There we go. Those there it is. Things. Yeah. That's good. So those three elements, good. And then mm -hmm. a third thing that you said, which someone mentioned in the comments, and I think is not to be overlooked, is that you didn't you didn't stress about the parts that were not your zone of genius. You just delegated right. those out. Graphic designer, right. you had a yeah. friend who picked the platform for you. <laughs> just kind of, okay, I'll do yeah. what you'd say, person. Yeah. I trust you. Um, and just having a way to get that out uh, yeah. and not kind of worrying about, you know, having yeah. it be perfect. Yeah, I stay in my lane, you know, and I have to do that. <laughs> I do. Yes. And I have to do the thing that brings me joy, right? So mm -hmm. if I had to do the graph, figure out how to do the graphic design and the, do all of that and figure out what learning management system and all of the things like I would be miserable. Um, and so, and especially because my content is around, you know, anti-racism, I really have to stick to like, what is life giving? Otherwise I would really like get burned out and, you know, not want to do the work. So the teaching part gives me life that's life giving to me. And I'm the, like, I've had people um, like on my team who are, really bright people, like brilliant people. And they say, how have you figured out like this formula? Like, how did you do that? You know, and I, I wish I could say, but you know, as I've learned from Gary, it's my, what is it? It's my zone of genius. I appreciate Lucretia's thoughtful approach to her content. She goes on to say that self-care is baked right into every piece of curriculum that she writes. Lucretia understands that a sustainable writing life is one where we thoughtfully engage our reader from our own full well of wisdom and rest. When we're feeling tense or worried about our words, we can struggle to maintain focus or stay committed to our work. When writer Felicity Hayes McCoy senses a block in her focus while writing, she checks in with her body by asking herself, what are my toes doing? If she discovers her toes are tense or clenched, she realizes she's writing from a place of stress instead of freedom. Like Felicity, a tense body can mean that you're too focused on the need to get it right. But writing isn't always about trying harder or trying to reach perfection. Instead, Felicity recommends writers try taking a softer approach. Consider these three ways you can add a generous spirit to your work and care for your heart as you write your words that will teach and inspire others. Number one, be generous with yourself. Taking a softer approach with yourself as a writer is an act of generosity to your inner artist. Being kind to ourselves allows us to approach ourselves and our work with reverence by eliminating the pressure we may feel as we write. As we grow in our craft, we may allow fear, envy, competition, or a fixed mindset to dominate our thoughts, leading to circumstances in which we find it difficult to create. When we stop focusing on the hard and fast rules of writing, we give ourselves permission to find the ways in which we work best. We unclench our bodies and our brains, and we allow the messages we want to share to take center stage. Number two, be generous with the work. When author and Hope Writers co-founder Emily P. Freeman began to flesh out ideas around the topic of decision-making, she believed the idea would be born in book form. Emily wrestled with the work for some time, initially thinking that the words were meant for readers. When she couldn't wrangle the words into chapters, 
she gave herself permission to consider a different format. When Emily was generous with herself and her work by putting aside what she should do as an author, she realized the words weren't meant for pages. They were meant for a podcast. Her podcast is the result of taking a generous approach to herself, her ideas, and the people who would engage with them by eliminating what should be and asking what could be instead. Number three, be generous with the reader. When you extend generosity to yourself as a content creator, you're then able to serve your reader in more authentic and generous ways. Once we serve ourselves and the work, our responsibility naturally shifts to the reader. How are we generous with our readers? Well, Felicity suggests we ask more than we tell our audience, particularly on social media. The generous writer is responsible for completing the work, noting their own response to it, and inviting readers into conversation with it. When readers respond to our generosity by engaging with our words, it completes the circle of creativity. All good curriculum, like all good writing, is learner or reader-focused. You want to keep your reader in mind at every stage of the writing process. When a reader can process and use the words you've written, your impact expands and your words can reach audiences you never imagined. Let's listen one more time as Dr. Lucretia Berry describes this. I want to be full and whole for the people who want to learn. So um, although I love the people who um, don't necessarily aren't not not who are not yet at a place of learning, like I still love them, but they're just not like I can't like give to that. Like I can't um, just pour out, empty out myself for that because then I have nothing left for the people who are the fertile ground, you know, mm-hmm. so it's that whole like so into fertile ground. And, you know, I've I've been learning about yards lately because we live in a very rural ish kind of place. And so <laughs> lots of weeds. So mm-hmm. it's just less about plucking weeds and more about feeding the grass. So if you feed the grass that you want, that chokes out the weeds, even though choking sounds violent, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we got you. We got you. It's a gardening yeah. analogy. It's so a gardening, when, yes. <laughs> so when you, for example, and, and the question is, and by the way, the, the asker of the question was a black writer. Okay. So that is, that applies. Um, further question from that. And we're going to, we'll wrap up here in a minute and, and find where we can find you and everything. But further question is when you're talking about social media. So for mm-hmm. example, maybe, maybe what you're saying is maybe social media is not the healthy learning environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, because I know you kind of limit your time in social media from what I've learned of you and what I know. And I think that's probably wise. But for people who are, you know, maybe maybe they have chosen, OK, I'm going to step into the role as teacher. And some parts of where where I teach is in maybe social spaces. Mm-hmm. You're going to get both the fertile ground learners and you're going to get the other who are maybe debating. And so would you say that's just not your lane or would you say maybe there's. I think there's just some discernment, right? That you have to figure out where your lines are. Yeah. I, yeah. I, okay. So I think again about a teacher and cultivating a classroom, right? Yeah. So um, I'm sorry, like my hair is like Do going it. and on. So anyway, <laughs> so for example, on our Facebook page, our Facebook page, Brownicity Facebook page is like open and public, you know, um, so is Instagram. And that's where we'll get, so people who are like, oh, I want like resources that I can trust. So that's what we funnel through, okay. let's just say our Facebook page. Sure. Well, every now and then, like, yeah, we get a troll or someone who comes on there and then like just makes it a scary 
place. So like what we do is um, like I'll say, like some people on my team, like I'll say, okay, maybe you can help, you know, Sally, I don't know. Can you help her maybe with some resources? And then sometimes, you know, if a Sally might say, oh, okay, now I understand. So wonderful. But then if the person is like, mm -mm, no, y'all are, you know, divisive and horrible people, um, then we just have to, you know, delete her out because by design, social media is an echo chamber, right? You yeah. like you follow and like the people that are like you that you sure. want to and likewise. So if I so then I have to think about how I'm gonna use that tool. And I know in the past I haven't used social media a lot to teach. Um, and I do plan on um, shifting a little bit with the brownicity, uh, you know, uh, platforms. Thank you. Yes, yes. yes. To put more teaching there. Um, because yes, you like the people I follow, like just say I'll follow the, these uh, activists or um, anti-racism educators. And so, but you're like talking to me who I already know this stuff. So I'm really following you just to, for affirmation, um, right? And, and you yeah. know, and that's the case for a lot of resources. Like it's for people who are already on the journey. But I'm like, if you're saying that, like the people that need to hear, you know, this, some of the stuff you're saying, like they're not following you, mm -hmm. you see? So right. <laughs> again, it's, it's an echo chamber of you follow who you like and such. So if you want to, so what I try to do and what we try to do is, okay, if we're, we focus on building, giving people this capacity, then let's say, Emily, if I build you and give you language framework and, you know, and some confidence and say, you can do this, then you will go reach like tons of people who would never come to my social media, yeah. you know, platform. Right. So then it, you know, has a better, you know, um, stronger, longer, more outreaching impact. Yes. If this episode was helpful to you, just imagine how helpful the entire hour-long interview with Dr. Lucretia Berry would be. Every week, Hope Writers members have access to a new one-hour Tuesday teaching with agents, publishers, social media strategists, and authors like Dr. Berry. Hope Writers helps you make progress in your writing life, whether you're writing blogs or articles, on social media, or in a book. If you want to be serious about your words and your reader, we're here for you. For writing tips and encouragement, find us on Instagram at Hope Writers or at our public Facebook page, Hope Writers Community. Last, a final word from poet W.B. Yeats. Education is not the filling of a pot, but the lighting of a fire. As you write curriculum or develop supplementary materials for your reader, you too are lighting a fire with your words. Your writing will warm the hearts of those who need to read it, and your message will light the way for readers in need of your words of hope. Whatever way you teach your audience, know that your writing is a powerful force. That message inside you is a flame worth nurturing. Thanks for listening, writer friend. As you step into this week, remember to keep writing. Your words matter, and we can't wait to read them. If you found this episode of The Writerly Life helpful, be sure to hit subscribe and tell your friends. Rate and review the show and like and comment if you're tuning in on YouTube. Your reviews help others know that you found the content helpful. See you next week.